Chapter Sixteen of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister M. Amelda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Escape. Evening had come. The wag of the wall agreed with Gordon at last and chimed its slow-toned Angelus. The shadow of old Ben Ender lengthened across the meadows. From lane and field, the tinkle-clinkle of returning herds floated up to the weary boy. It was evening. But never had so long a twilight followed so long a day, never since the world was made. The boy stood by an open casement. The wind blew about him, cool and damp, bearing the mist from the sea on its wings. He opened his lips and drank in deep draughts, vainly hoping the cooling air might do what cooling water could. But the raw wind only made the bruises ache with a more sickening throb. The fiery thirst burned on. Gordon turned and walked back to the fireplace with a restless yet lagging step. Then he stood as he had done a hundred times, fists clenched, head bowed upon the mantel, staring at the silver spot on the hearthstone. Strength came with that appealing look, strength, not joy. Joy had been given once that he might have stout courage to fight this battle. This was a day on earth to win heaven, not heaven come down to earth. Jesus! faith had grown in the land of pain. The boy seemed looking into those eyes beneath the crown of thorns, filled with blood and dust and tears. Jesus, I am tired. Uncle Roger means what he said. I must stay till I give up, till I die. If it was only die and be done with it, but I shall live for days. I am wearing out, Jesus, and if I slip, oh, I don't want to go back on you, but if I slip, if the thirst gets more than I can stand, you won't let me say those words, Jesus. You won't let me fall. A drop of blood splashed on the silver spot. Gordon started, opened his hand, and looked wonderingly at a nail cut in his palm. Then he stooped to wipe away the blood. As he did so, a thought stirred in his mind, dim, uncertain, an echo from that strange first night. Hadn't his mother said something about flying from the castle? Hadn't she told him to go to someone? Whom? Oh, Muckle John! He remembered it now. She said to go from this room. But how? A secret passage. That was it. And Uncle Roger didn't know about it. It started at this fireplace and ended near the fishing village. Why hadn't he thought of it before? But his going would leave his mother alone. Yet, what good could he do her by staying? Muckle John would help him to save her. Certainly it would be better to go. Gordon drew a chair toward the mantel and climbed on it. The soldier on the right hand and twist the handle of the sword twice. But it won't move. Perhaps it was broken during that changing. The blade went farther down into the handle before. There is the mark. Why won't it slip down? The lad twisted the handle sharply, then pushed the blade downward. It slipped into place with a metallic click. That's it. Now round it goes. One, two. Springing from the chair, he ran to the left side of the fireplace. The panel moved under his fingers, sliding silently into the wall and disclosing a black cobwebbed hole. Running back again, Gordon pushed the chair into its place, wiped the dusty footprint from the seat, straightened the rug and looked about him. There is nothing to show them what I have done, so far as I can see. 
Uncle Roger will spend some time tomorrow guessing how I got away. If I can find this brave John, he will help me get Mother from the dungeon. The lad hurried to the passage and climbed through the opening. His fingers sank in powdery dust. A thousand cobwebs clung to him. Beyond, the hole seemed full, and the must in the air choked him. Gasping, he thrust his head into the room again to draw one more deep breath. Well, it's go. Find John, get Mother, and, oh, surely, there will be some little stream near the outlet in the forest. That means a drink. I would go through anything for one drop of cold water. Drawing back his head, Gordon slipped the panel over the opening. The last ray of light died. His groping hand touched a bar. As it slid into the socket, he heard the lock click far up in the soldier's extended hand. Gordon felt about in the darkness. The passage was small, scarcely large enough to crawl through, and seemed to run along in the wall. His groping hands found the floor level for some twenty feet, then came a rough stone stairway. Turning around, he crept down backward for a dozen steps, and again the way was level. A sharp turn to the left, and a radiant fan-shaped light shone far ahead in the darkness. Why, there is the end. It is not so long after all. Gordon hurried forward, but the bright spot was not the end. It was only a small hole in the side wall. There was a faint hum of voices. Scarcely daring to breathe, he crawled on till he was within the dancing, moat-filled light. Oh, how small the hole was, not half so large as his own eye. He looked through, then drew back in terror. Not a dozen steps from the wall sat Sir Roger. Surely his uncle must have seen him. No, the hole was too small and too far away for anyone in the room to look through. Gordon laughed softly. It was funny to be able to see so well, and yet to remain unseen. There sat Godfrey by the table, shaking his finger at Sir Roger, as if laying the law down about something. Gordon could not catch the words, but he distinctly heard his uncle's snarling answer. The foolish child will yield in the morning. You are always finding fault. My lord, Gordon has a brain. He will not be twice fooled by any man. Yet there is one way. And that? Tomorrow we shall go to him, you and I. Tell him his courage has won our hearts. We must respect a faith that can make so young a lad so great a hero. Give him full liberty to practice his religion. Privately. Of all the follies, are you mad? Mend the folly, my good Sir Roger. Mend the folly with this. The tutor held up a vial which gleamed red in the candlelight. You mean... Oh, its action is very gentle, my lord, as the warm days come, a paleness, a weakness, just a slight malaria. Yet, in the autumn, all the gentlefolk of the countryside will come to the funeral of this promising boy, and the morning, uncle, well, it will all be very sad. But, of course, the morning, uncle, will be Earl of Ravenhurst. End of chapter 16